0: The Holy Spirit had been telling me for months don't worry about what to say. I'm going to put the words in your mouth, but come with a humble, broken heart.
1: Welcome to Life, Love, and Family. What do you do with the unfinished business in your life? When a moment has passed and there's nothing you can possibly do to get it back?
2: Yesterday, all my troubles seemed so far away. Not looks as though they're here to stay Oh, I believe in yesterday Suddenly I'm not half the man I used to be There's a shadow hanging over me Oh,
1: yesterday came suddenly You're stuck and you feel like, I can't move forward to finish. This is Dr. Greg Jantz, founder of the Center, A Place of Hope. I'd like to personally welcome you to life, love, and family. There's something hanging over your head. It's hard to move forward. Maybe even you feel guilty. Well, today, we are going to deal with the unfinished business that you have. Even if somebody is passed on, there's things you can do to move through that regret and where you're condemning yourself for this. And I'm going to help you with this. That's why we're here. Sam Kelly is in the studio with me.
3: I like this because I think that so many of us can relate.
1: It's that I wish I would have. And you have that regret. Mm -hmm. I had one in my life, which was a major regret, a major unfinished business. I had a grandfather who I had felt injured by years and years ago. So it it was was a while. And this is a grandfather that had had three open heart surgeries. I think by today's terminology, we might, he might fall in that definition of of a rageaholic. Never quite knew when the volcano was going to go off. I remember as a kid in elementary school, never really having a relationship with him because you're a little kid, you get a sense this person's not safe. I remember I was in college, second or third year in college, and I remember getting a phone call from my family and my, Family members said, you know, your grandpa's going back into surgery in the morning. Why don't you give him a call? And I remember, okay, I'll call him. Mm -hmm. Not really wanting to. You know, I did call him, but I had a sense that that would be the very last time I would talk to him. And I had a sense that God was communicating to me that this was the time to deal with unfinished business. But I I let something get in my way that I regretted. It It was fear of bringing up what I needed to bring up. So my surfacey conversation ended, and I remember hanging up the phone going, I know this is the last time I think I'm gonna talk with him. And the next morning, he died on the operating table. Oh. It was the last time, and God had given me a chance. And I knew there was things I needed to bring closure. So for many years, Sam, I had unfinished business. Oh, yeah. And uh, it wasn't till two years ago I took my family. We found the gravesite with my family there I had written a letter and and uh, written out some things. And so my way of dealing with unfinished business was reading a letter at the gravesite many years later.
3: How did you feel after you did that?
1: I feel like it was way overdue. Yeah. But I felt like oh, I feel like I did the right thing. Yeah. I did the right thing yeah. and there was one of those old I don't know, metal flower vases that were kind of, you know, nothing. I remember stuffing that letter in there and and leaving it there.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. And to the best of my ability, dealt with unfinished business.
3: Yeah, yeah. We all have things like that. Was there a time where God told you, do this, and you knew it, and you just couldn't, and you didn't, and now it's left over? Because those are the things we can heal today with suggestions like writing the letter. I mean, I'm sure you have a few more to share with us.
1: You know, here's the the thing. We don't move forward because there are actual things stopping us. For me, it was fear. For me, it was procrastination. God gave me the chance the first time, and I didn't really seize that. Right was much later, but when we have unfinished business that we don't attend to, it can sure cause us some unnecessary prolonged grief. We need to identify what is it that is stopping you, that keeps tripping you up, so that you can't finish up whatever you, it is. And mine was just a death and a passing where there was unresolved issues. This could be a relationship that's alive today, and it's an issue that needs to be dealt with whatever it may be we can have pretty good reasons for not doing what we need to do for years i've worked with clients who come in and one word gets repeated a lot sam it's the word i wish i would have and regret and sometimes we just have all this years of, of regret i wish i would have we got stopped or we allowed ourselves to be stopped and i think really it's part of our human nature we pray and we ask the lord and holy spirit to guide us but you know we still give in to those weaknesses and we don't take action just just like I did. So let's say right now you have a person in your life that you need to reconcile with. There needs to be, in one word, some forgiveness. You know you really do need to do something about it. You keep putting it off and you keep saying, all right, next week. Isn't it easier sometimes just to do escapism behavior and just watch hours of TV or down a little alcohol or maybe you just call a friend and you complain it's easier to do that isn't it than really deal with what you need to that's the flesh part of us it is a very real thing and we have to deal with it in order to move forward
3: we actually have a
1: Ron who's checking in with us hi Ron how can I help today
0: I'm uh, still dealing with overeating okay I know that healing is on the way because of what just happened uh, three and a half weeks ago A 37-year-old unforgiveness came to an end in me towards my father-in-law. The Holy Spirit had been working on me for many years.
1: The Holy Spirit was prompting you to resolve and have forgiveness with your father-in-law? Is that what you're saying?
0: Yep. I went over to his house to cut his hair. I used to be a barber. The Holy Spirit had been telling me for months, don't worry about what to say. I'm going to put the words in your mouth. Yes but come with a humble, broken heart. And I did. And I did not know that day would be it. I envisioned it, me trying to orchestrate it, and it didn't happen that way. But it did happen.
1: What did you do, Ron?
0: After I finished cutting his hair, I asked him if we could sit down and talk. He said, yeah. And we sat down, and I said, 37 years ago, I got my nose out of joint at you because of the way you responded me when I asked for your daughter's hand in marriage, mm. and he looked at me very shocked. He said he couldn't remember that, but I said I'm asking you forgiveness, and I'm sorry that I've been angry with you for 37 years. And I said this is not right in God's eyes, and I don't want to carry this because I want to keep growing in God and in strength. And I said these things hold are holding me back, and he forgave me. He said I. I, as far as he was concerned, it's done. It's over with. It's forgiven.
1: What did this do for you? A
0: weight. Um, a weight that is, wow. There was a lightness in my whole being. It's just like, wow, why did I take so long? My goodness, I, it, this was easier than I thought. I did find out my heart was very broken for holding that anger against him for all those years. And it was, oh, what a, I'm, still, I'm still reveling in the, in the feeling of forgiveness.
1: When you see him or think of him now, what's it like?
0: I know that I can go to him now, and I can hug him freely, and he's going to hug back freely. Because before, when I used to hug him, it was one of those, hey, how are you? Good to see you. Bye. You know, mm-hmm. Now, when he hugged me when we left it was a completely different man.
1: Well, you're completely different. And it was decision yeah. that, you, that you made. And you said something that i I hear a fair amount is why did I wait so long? When you look at it now and, and you go, wow, I did it and praise God you did. But for you, and I think this will help some others listening. Why do you think it took so long? Pride. Pride means, um,
0: he's the one who has the issue. He should come to me. I'm not the one who's at fault. I'm better than this as the as the holy spirit pinpointed in me he says son you have pride your pride is holding you back from walking deeper and deeper with me we got everything out in the open and it was it was
1: wonderful i am so glad that you've called today because you set a path here that others can follow that says you know what don't let pride don't want fear and you said that god said just go humbly and and the outcome was good yeah and it was wonderful Yeah, and just think about what's ahead.
0: Oh, yes, I am thinking about what's ahead.
1: God bless you, because there's healing for you. I mean, this affects our relationship with God, because we get that forgiveness back in the picture, and we understand what he's done for us, and we understand that we're just a more forgiving person. It changes all of our relationships. You did it, and look, God blessed that. Thank you, doctor. You're welcome.
3: I like what you said, too. Just the idea that God, when he does that kind of a healing, it's so big that it spills out over into all the other relationships. In the Bible where it talks about, you know, the generations and how things are passed down by Ron doing this and getting that healing in his family, that could very well make a difference for his kids. And they won't even know why, but it somehow changes the dynamic. It does.
1: And I think I did that for my two boys when I was at the gravesite. They heard what I had to say. So we can change generational patterns and it's worth it.
3: How does dealing with unfinished business affect some of the bad habits that we've picked up? Like how Ron mentioned that he struggles with overeating. Will he see some changes in his eating patterns? Do you think just based on this one thing?
1: With unfinished business where there's unforgiveness, we tend to find a way to self-medicate whether it's numbing with food or the computer or television, but we tend to find a way to self-medicate, which just means I just need to numb out. Yes. yes. I'm I'm not dealing with anything. I'm just going to numb out many times. And that's a great question. People will decrease what we call the self-destructive behaviors because it's like less of a reason to do it.
3: You don't have that thing hanging over you anymore. or messing with your heart.
1: Because there's three emotions that kind of come back into our life. One is freedom. Okay. And it's that sense, ah, I just feel free. Something happened. the next one's joy, because unforgiveness blocks joy. And then the other one is peace. I just have a sense of peacefulness. Wow. So freedom, joy, and peace. We were seeing that in him as he was sharing his story. If you've just joined us, I'm Dr. Greg Jantz from aplaceofhope.com. Along with Dr. Tim Clinton, today on Life, Love, and Family, we're talking about unfinished business how to find closure and move forward.
3: So this is in a situation where the person has passed away or the moment is gone and you didn't do what you were supposed to do. How do you make peace and and have closure with that?
1: I needed to write in my letter, one of the things is I needed to say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. And even though I'm I'm standing at a gravesite, those are things that I'm saying. And really kind of picturing really what that person would say. And I, I believe that, it would have been yes and i believe there could have been a reconciliation because the things that happened were early on we need to be brave and bold and god will make the way
3: how does that work if the person is still alive and they've done really horrible things can you still forgive them
1: we can't control what another person does right maybe there's some people that are they're not we still need to forgive them but they're not safe to be in relationship with
3: right well, let's say the person is safe. Where do you start if you're going to do this forgiveness process?
1: We have to give up the need to be right. And this is particularly important in a marriage relationship, in our intimate relationships. If you always have to be right, you probably have some unforgiveness. We need to overlook more offenses versus collect them. So if I have unforgiveness, it's easy for me to then just collect offenses from other people. Not just the one person that hurt me. I'm, I'm just going to take all these offenses and carry them around. Really? So do a, do a heart check on that. Have I gathered up a lot of offenses from other people, other situations, maybe an offense from the church and others? Besides the one primary person that hurt me, do I have a whole lot more?
3: We have Grace with us.
1: Hi, Grace. How can I I help you?
3: I had a grandson that died
4: a couple of years ago. It was sort of a violent situation. And his father, who is my son, thinks that I, me and um, my other son interfered too much in the young man's life when he was alive, and he still holds this kind of against us even though we had nothing to do with the death. And I was just wondering, um, how how do we solve this?
1: Let me just say, what a difficult situation. It's your son that's harboring...
4: The- yeah, thoughts, okay. he always brings up how we interfered when you know he was trying to do something with him, and we didn't think we were interfering, we were just showing love.
1: Sure. Well, have you come to the place where you've said to your son, "I am so sorry. Will you please forgive me? You've never intended to cause any harm."
4: I have said that, yeah, but he he still, oh, harbors like resentment. You know, he brings up certain things every time we're together. And he really harbors it against his brother more so than me.
1: Okay. Well, I think for you, though, you've, you're going to have a repeated response. And you're going to just say, when something comes up, oh, I just so hope that you can forgive me. I love you so much. And I love, you know, wherever the grandson's name is. I just so hope you can forgive, forgive me. And so we're going to give reminders. Two things we don't want to do. We don't want to debate or argue or try to justify our behavior.
4: okay
1: okay does that make sense yeah
4: it does and i think that's probably what we did in the beginning
1: sure well that'd be a natural response you know we wanted oh no i just we just were showing love we want to and we want to say all the things we were doing because no you never intended to cause any harm right
4: never never of
1: course one other thing to think about is your son probably has what we'll call some complicated grief he lost a son you lost a grandson and you said there was violence involved and it's just a very complicated situation that's hard to bring closure to. Yes,
4: you're right about that.
1: When it's hard to bring closure, sometimes we have a tendency to blame. It's not helpful, but it's natural.
4: Not helpful at all.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. But you just that's... keep that forgiving spirit on your side.
4: I've been trying to do that.
1: Well, you I'll keep I'll try harder. Well, just stay consistent. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you for the call.
3: How long does something like that take? You know, as you're saying that, you know, Grace, is she speaking to her son and, and she's reminding him, I, you know, please forgive me. You know, I, I love you and I loved him and, and please do forgive me, you know, and how many times would you say something like that? And, and how long do you do that until you feel like, wow, this relationship is healed?
1: I think each time there's a reminder brought up, we're not going to justify or we're not going to say, well, I, I asked you to forgive me. You're just going to say, oh, I just so hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me yeah and just you don't have to say much after that
3: that sweetness yes with a loving intent
1: with a loving intent you know and in your heart you can know well i didn't do anything ever intentional that's right you didn't but i can say oh i just hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me and then period don't try to explain things away but you're going to keep placing it back on them Wow, keep placing it back on them and over time the less they bring it up tells us something's happening. It's healing. <laughs> it's healing.
3: That is beautiful.
1: Maybe your unfinished business is making it hard to move forward. I'm Dr. Greg Jantz, founder of The Center, A Place of Hope, online at aplaceofhope.com. Along with Dr. Tim Clinton, today on Life, Love, and Family, we're talking about steps that you can take to find closure and peace. How do you know if you're maybe stuck in the past? Maybe yeah. Maybe we should talk about some... Warning signs.
3: Yeah, please. Uh, all
1: right. If you're dwelling in the past and a lot of your communication with other people has to do with the past, and you're constantly talking about the past, not in a good way. It's not right. like I'm talking right. about the good old days. I'm talking about things that happened to me in the past. I'm kind of dwelling on past.
3: It's a sign you're stuck.
1: You've been injured, and that false band-aid you've put on it is not working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. another sign to look for is I may not be future-oriented. I use the rear-view approach to life. That's all you see is the past. You can't see the future. You can't see where you're going. You don't have an understanding that God has plans for you now and in the future. I may be carrying resentment and don't even want to call it that. What else? Self-destructive behaviors. I'm living in the past with unfinished business. If all I want to do is just escape, we used the word earlier, self-medicate. Yeah. I'm just self-medicating. I'm I'm going to eat that half gallon of ice cream. Leave me alone. <laughs>
3: And it probably becomes invisible if you do it enough that it seems like it's just what you do and it's yes. such a part of your life. You don't even realize it stemmed from that one thing that was left undone.
1: Exactly. I am maybe avoiding people or avoiding conflict. I would rather do my self-destructive behaviors or my self-medicating than be with people or I'm avoiding conflict. Yeah. I was really, really hurt and now I just don't deal with conflict at all. I turn it inward and I may eat my way through it.
3: What do you do with, as you're listening, you say, yes, that's me. How do you stop the behavior and turn it around?
1: One of the things is, am I able to pray for the person that has injured me?
3: Oh, nice.
1: Can I really pray for them? Can I pray God's blessing on them? Can I pray for them? That's a big one. If you can, that's a good sign. The other is make a list of all of the people that you're in conflict with or feel injured by. Is it eight or 10 people or more? Where's my list of people that I feel injured by? Who do I need to go to in person and deal with some unfinished business? Remember, some who maybe were abusive could be emotionally abusive. I'm not recommending you go and get re injured. Right. Some of these are ones that maybe we need some guidance on. There's some people I can go talk to. Yeah. And some I can forgive without.
3: And just knowing the difference mm. between those. But you're doing your homework at home. I mean, as, yes. you're, as you're talking, the prayer part especially, I mean, you can pray and we're supposed to pray for our enemies. And, it, you know, yeah. as Ron's call earlier, his father-in-law didn't even realize that he hadn't even remembered it. And here, Ron had it all those years. And I imagine for yes. a lot of people, you put an enemy on your list and that person doesn't even know they did anything.
1: That's right. And you carried it all and it was they didn't get it or they never had the intent.
3: So you're praying for this person and you're just believing and speaking good words over them. Sometimes you're speaking words to them if they're a safe person and you know that you can do that. And then what do you do about the things you're describing, that habitual self-medication, isolating, avoiding people? How do you break through that when you're really, really stuck and you don't feel like you can?
1: There are times I may need some real good counsel and, and with that accountability. I may need somebody that I'm working on this that's helping me walk through forgiveness It's helping me write that chapter that that unfinished business chapter whether the person's alive or not, but I may need some help. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it just feels so big. I remember a gal who said to me, if I deal with this, I will start crying and I'll never be able to stop Mm -hmm. because it felt so overwhelming.
3: And that's really scary. If you feel like you're out of control like that, you never want to go there. Of course.
1: Exactly. And so we'll avoid it. So times we need to ask for help. We need to be willing to be accountable and we also need to ask ourselves i'm carrying this extra lugging this extra luggage around what's it going to do to me if i keep doing this a year from now mm-hmm. another year from now mm-hmm. what's it going to do to my relationships what's it going to do to how i feel about myself yeah unfinished business does not build our sense of self esteem or value Oh. We tend to feel worse about ourselves. We
3: clean house.
1: Clean in house. Do
3: you have time to answer just a couple of quick oh, emails? Oh, let's do it. All right, here we go. Joanne, she says, all well, she's talking about the thing you're talking about. She says, most important thing for me, stop dwelling on the past. Every day is a new story. I know this, but I still struggle to let go. Yes. It's so the struggle. We hate the struggle, but it sounds like what you're saying is the struggle is what makes us really move to the next level.
1: We got to walk through that struggle. Just think about it this way. If I don't walk through this struggle, will I have more regret? The answer is usually yes.
3: Jackson says, I put off college and I wish I'd finished. Now I'm 39 and I have seven classes to go before I get my degree in divinity. Do you ever think that God uses our delay in taking action to do something great so that the so that the <laughs> procrastination's okay because God made it something
1: good? Procrastination can mean a lot of different things. It actually can be one of the signs and symptoms of depression or hidden anger, people who are habitual procrastinators sabotage themselves. And they're actually afraid of completion of a goal. And with that completion of a goal means I have some responsibility or more responsibility. So look at why am I procrastinating? There are times that, you know what, I just wasn't emotionally mature enough to to complete something, I am now, so I'm gonna finish it up.
3: Right. Do it when you can do it. Uh, Marianne, I have so much unfinished business, but it's all with my parents and they've died. How do I finish? What would you recommend if they aren't here to finish with?
1: Well, probably similar to what I did. It's going to be a letter. Mine wasn't the first draft. It took a couple drafts to do this properly. And it took me practicing saying it out loud. And then it took me going to where I needed to go, a grave site on a dusty Field and a little town in Kansas, of, in Kansas <laughs> with uh, the wind blowing, and I'm looking for this little dinky tombstone, and I found it. It's the determination It says, I'm going to do my part now, and God is going to bless and honor what I'm doing.
2: I'm going to make a change for once in my life. It's gonna feel real good. Gonna make a difference. Gonna make it right. As I turn up the colourboard, my favorite winter code. This wind is blowing in my mind. I see the kids in the street, but not enough to eat. Who am I to be blind? Disregard I'm broken
1: Leaving things undone feels uncomfortable. As you've listened today, did you realize that you've got something from the past hanging over your head, robbing you of joy in the present? You can start taking steps today to find closure and restore peace. We'd love to help you do that. I'm Dr. Greg Jantz, here at Life, Love & Family. We have all the resources you'll need if you're wondering, what's my next step? Call us right now and let us help you deal with your unfinished business for good. 1-855-455-3264 855 455 3264 Thank you for listening to Life, Love & Family. On behalf of Dr. Tim Clinton and myself, Dr. Greg Jantz, if you'd like to hear this program again or share it with somebody you love, do so at LifeLoveAndFamily.net. It is time to find closure. Our loving God will provide everything you need for a life of peace and joy life,
3: love, and family. You know the feeling where you're tired and unmotivated, and sometimes you get mad for no reason. And maybe you don't like what it's doing to your family or to your job. That's why the Center for Counseling and Health Resources has been there for people for more than 30 years. They take a whole person care approach that'll look at everything from your nutrition, your vitamin balances, your mind, your spirit. Call one 771 5166 Or for help right now, visit aplaceofhope.com.